you know what that is? That is uh, the sound of a vinyl. 78 RPM vinyl record come into the end Was that actually room. at 78 revolutions per minute? Pretty close. Someone should measure that and then get back to us. <laughs> like they'd never get back to us about <laughs> anything. <laughs> at, oh, at Rum Doings. Yeah, you could at least follow us on at Rum Doings, yes. even if you never say anything or read any of the tweets. 10,000 people. How many followers do we have on Twitter? Four? Four. Four. 12T at most. Ugh. Disgusting. I hate people. I don't know if I can be bothered. Shall we, shall we make this the last one ever? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Collins and Herring. Yeah, kept, kept and then they did. <laughs> Let's fall out. What do you reckon we'd fall out over? I mean, oh my goodness, the arguments that we've had, you'd think we would have if we were going to. I think we're clearly far more mature than Andrew Collins and Richard Herring. Yeah, I would say so. Which doesn't say much for their professionalism, but there you are. Anyway, the uh, topic today is... Oh, yes. What are... Who is to answer... Mm-hmm. For the Olympic ticket fiasco furore. It's <laughs> good. I like which it. Is, which is important, I think. Uh-huh. Um, you, were, you were just telling me that you would still recommend that people watch that... The what, what's, what's the programme called? You recommended it to our listeners months ago. White Collar. And it hasn't gone stale. No, th- Series 3 has started and it's just as fun. Why it's have... A good, fun show. I'm, I'm not asking this fatuously, but why have... Beyond your mentioning, why have I never heard of it? You usually hear of these things osmotically, even, oh, this is coming on Sky Atlantic, or this is a big show in America. I've never heard of it. Because it's not a big show. It's on a network called USA, which uh, shows, this season, there's just the most incredible summer lineup, And so it shows that just don't cross the Atlantic for one reason or another. So there's White Collar, Psych, uh, Royal Pains, Covert Agent. Is it called, is that what it's called? Something like that. Um, they've got a new show. Oh no, I don't come over. Suits is them or TNT. Um, they've got a really good lineup of shows. Oh, uh, a Burn Notice is them as well. So they're just not that easily translated. I don't know. They're just they're they're good. They're good solid forty-five minute procedurals, and they're all quite entertaining. And yet they don't bother bringing them here. I don't know why. What does it hurt to bring it here? They'll make a few pence. Or is it like, unless we make a billion pounds per episode, we're not going to bother? I think one of the difficulties with it is USA have the weirdest scheduling. So a show will be on for five weeks and then off for seven and then back for four and then just all over the place. So imagine if you're buying them in, that would be very frustrating. It's a bit rainy in the studio today. It is. It's, uh, we've taken the studio, we've driven the studio out into the middle of a field. Yeah. So can we, um, in order to make ourselves in higher, sunnier spirits, bring out the Madeira and Punch, please? Definitely. I, like, punch I like the fact that we're going to hear the rain rattling against the studio well, it'll roof. it sounds like a crackly 78 RPM. So exactly. It's perfect. Poncha de Madeira. It's, now, we, Nick, we, we recently went to Madeira. You know how much I hate to be crude? Yes. What did you do in this drink? Well, well what are the clods of white... What are the white clods that float so in such a familiar way? <laughs> such a familiar... Over, inside oh, the Familiar the with it, are you? Familiar with the curding process? I'm always spunking up in drinks. <laughs> so, what if I just... There's my little cocktail. <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> anyway, this is a honey rum. It's got an H in it, so oh, it's a rum and and lemon, and it's the it's the lemon that's inside the um, semi suspension. So let's open. Ah, we haven't opened see. it yet. We had some of this in Madeira. We visited Madeira recently. Very pretty little. Where's island. Madeira? Madeira is in the middle of the sea. It's a, it's, ah. it's it's to the north of the Balearic Islands, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's a pretty place, but full of very old Germans. Oh, I hate old Germans. So do I, but with more <laughs> cause. 
Let's, let's try some of the poncho. <laughs> Are they nuts? Are they all nuts? Yes, they're all Nazis. They're all goose-stepping about the place. <laughs> they call Judith a Michelin. Right. Uh, that's enough, thank you. It's enough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Honey, rum and lemon. I'm very excited about this. Ooh. Smells of it. It's got pictures of bees and honey on the cover. On the on cover. The cover. <laughs> on the cover. Of the, of, of the, never, of the alcoholic album. Never judge a rum by its cover. Hmm. Oh, it smells crazy. Wow! <laughs> There's a lot in there. It's like drinking cordial. It is. I would imagine actually adding sparkling water to this would probably make mm. it taste... Oh, it's brilliant. Mm. It's proper, proper sweeties. But there is alcohol. Oh, it's all in foreign. Yes. Shall we ban all foreign? Yeah, I think we should. All foreign is here by ban. <laughs> That's right. Stop being foreign. It is very sweet, which... Mm. Oh, it does, rem- love sweet. it does remind me... Um, sugar. Table sugar. I just want to see what Dexter thinks of it. Dexter, what do you think of this? Mm. Oh, oh, we can't even get his nose near the glass. Let's, let's discuss sugar. Table sugar in particular. <laughs> okay. What I'm, just, I'm, I'm just thinking, when I type this episode up and I put that we're talking about sugar, that is going to bring in the hits. Yes. No, but, uh, there is something interesting about it. I mean, sugar is what? Sugar cane. It's sucrose, but what is sucrose? It's a Molecularly, sugar. Molecularly, what, what, what is it? It's a you put tons of it into your body and you don't know what it is. Well, I used to when I did chemistry A-level. I can't remember now. It's. I know, because it ends in OSE, it's a sugar. Yes. Like garden hose. It's actually a dye... Oh, what a dye! Dye something or other. It's it's, it's it's actually two sugars loosely bonded. I'll look it up for you. No, no. Do you know what the two sugars are? Um, glucose, brown sugar, glucose. and demerara. No, it's, it's a it's basically a dro- it's glucose and fructose. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. I do no, remember, remember that. It. Yeah. A disaccharide of glucose, of glucose and sucrose. Now, I like to think that was a gent. A round of applause. Everyone listening clapped. Here's a here's a here's an interesting question. It better be. What's more evil, glucose or fructose? Um, evil in what sense? Who's done the most murders? Yes, who's done the most murders? Glucose or sucrose? I would. Sorry, glucose or fructose? Or fru- fructose I would guess fruit. fructose. Why would you guess fructose? Because glucose sounds cuddlier. Do you know what? What? You are correct. Hey, what do I win? Although, and, and but you have to know why you can. Well, I win whatever you, a ghost you win wins. No, it's. I've been reading up about this recently because yes. um, there's this chap called Robert Lustig, who's a neuroendocrinologist in America, and he did a. Hang on, a what? A neuroendocrinologist. Oh, I thought it was endo. I was going to say a neuroendo. No. That would be very bizarre. A, a, a special doctor. This is for your bottom brain. No, and he did a. Um, he did a an hour long YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Going into the chemistry of why fructose is basically a poison. Okay. And I think, I think as ever with anybody who's monomaniacal about, this is the reason why we're all dying of cancer mm-hmm. stories, it goes over the top. However, mm-hmm. it does bring up some interesting points about why people are so fat and diabetic these days. Um, Especially me. Well, but no, but you would think it, it would be the glucose, because that's, you know, that's, that's, the sh- that's the simplest sugar that right. everything turns into. And when you have mashed potatoes, it eventually turns into glucose, mm-hmm. this thing, glucosate. But you think fructose, that's going to be good. That's in fruit and honey mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Um, so what's, uh, what's the difference? Well, the thing about glucose is that it's a pretty much absorbed by every cell in your body, pretty much immediately. You can use it for fuel like that. Okay. So even before it reaches your um, the, your digestive tract, it can pretty much be absorbed by everything. And then it can be used 
for energy pretty much immediately and it can be assimilated by anything in your body. It's, it's okay. the cell's most basic food um, or energy source more. It's, it's beyond a food. It's, it's literally its energy source. The interesting thing about fructose, however, is that nothing in your body can process it or use it except for your liver. So it puts a big strain on your liver and what does oh, it do? Okay. What your liver will do is it will convert some of it into glucose, but the, a lot of what it does with the rest of it is it will convert it into fat. Fat. Including cholesterol. Oh. And naughty cholesterol. Naughty So that's bad enough. In your bed. That's bad enough. But what's worse is, unlike glucose, fructose does not activate the satiation hormones. Oh. Things like ghrelin are not... In. So that's why you can drink lots and lots of things like Coke and not feel full. Ah, and why a tangerine or a satsuma is never satisfying. Well, the, the, well, that does help with the with the the thing about fruit is the fruit comes with other um, with with vitamins, minerals, and importantly, fibre, ah. which slows down the absorption and offsets it somehow. Right. The problem is when you bypass that natural protective system and you either squeeze the fruit into a glass. Mm-hmm. Or you have it as high fructose corn syrup, or just sugary drinks. Oh, that explains why natural orange juice and all that is so very, very calorific then. Yes, exactly. Right. And, and also why... Because um, that feels like it should be okay. But it isn't okay. No, it's, you know it's, why it's not okay? Because it's nice. And it's just as bad as... It's just as evil as Coke, which is also nice. Yeah. Coke has something like 30... You know, uh, something like God knows how many grams of, of uh, fructose in it. Mm-hmm. And... Again, that won't satiate you at all, but it will give you a fatty liver. It mm-hmm. will um, eventually increase your triglycerides. It will um, do all sorts of unpleasant things to you. And what's interesting is this is why, you know, people, there are these low-fat cookies and things like that. And people don't eat as much saturated fat as they used to, really, because right. there's low-fat this and low-fat that. Mm-hmm. And people's saturated fat levels have actually gone down. But their sugar levels have gone up because, of course, people put more uh. and more sugar into these low-fat things. And, of course... That's mm-hmm. why everybody's getting all these unpleasant diseases. So I don't drink much. Sorry, go on. So, that's, so I've actually taken heed. Yes. I don't drink sugary drinks anymore. I, I, you know, I love the Coke. I will have a very small amount on a Sunday after a long run mixed with, mixed with fizzy water and things, but that's about it. And I won't eat lots of sweeties and things like that so much anymore. That's why drinking this was such a shock because it's uh-huh. been a while since I've had... I treat, I treat sugar as a very occasional treat. Okay. Nothing else. Even in my porridge, I'll have a little bit of dried fruit, but I won't pour lots of syrup on my porridge. Oh. And do you know what? What? After a while, your, your palate adjusts. No. And I had some of Victoria's Never. porridge, which was full of, tr- of syrup. Yes. And I was almost sick. Sick to your stomach. It was like sugary overload. It was so deeply unpleasant. But I would, I mean, watch Robert Lustig's um, a very long uh, YouTube video. It goes into the biochemistry of it. It gets quite complicated. Mm-hmm. And effectively, the summary is um, fructose is, is like alcohol that doesn't affect your brain, but all the other effects of alcohol are pretty much there, the way it affects your liver, the way it does right. all the other things. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting hypothesis. I think he goes over the top and he overstates some of his claims. I think, I don't as think people it's, are want to and they want to sell yeah. their book. I don't think it says... I don't, to be fair, I don't think he's written a book yet. Oh, okay. No doubt he will. Um, and I think it's interesting. You know, so when people go on about high fructose corn syrup as the big deal in America, it's not so much that it's high fructose corn syrup it's that it's got lots of fructose in it, just like sugar and honey does. Mm. Um, it's just that it's so cheap that they put it into everything. Like, right. Like buns. You now, your hamburger bun yes. has got more sugar in it than, uh, than you know... A, a, the sugar, a sugar, sugar fairy. Sugar. Now, I still don't know <laughs> what a ghost says after he's won the prize. Oh, I don't care. 
But the other day, yep. uh, uh, was it, I tried some of Laura's Diet Coke, and I was like... Which is it? At first, as it goes into your mouth, you're like, oh, oh and then the aftertaste evil is just soap, awful. Yes. Yeah, exactly, evil soap. And um, so she said, oh, I can't tell the difference at all. So I, I don't she didn't often... say it like that, though, did she? You can't tell the difference at all. That's better. Good, good. Um, and so I went into a pub that we were in and I ordered a pint of diet a regular diet a regular coke and a diet coke mm-hmm. and then I brought them out and didn't tell her which was which and she had to guess and she said and she instantly knew so she said she couldn't tell the difference she can. but she, you can and oh my goodness you can tell so I don't often drink coke but I drank it then to prove a point mm. and did you enjoy it? Uh, yes I do I love coke I, the best point I ever proved was my stupid little sister mm-hmm. when she was little and she decided, I think she was a teenager, and her latest fad, she decided that she was only going to drink bottled water. So this would have been in the mid-90s. And it's like, I'm only drinking bottled water. Tap water's disgusting. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And so I decided to do an experiment, and she was very, very confident this experiment would go fine for her. So I took two glasses, and I chilled them to the same amount in the fridge. So they basically taste the same. And brought them out, and, she, and gave them both to her. And she said, one taste the other, and she was determined which was the water. Did you say it's water. obvious? Absolutely, obviously this one. Of course, they were both tap water. And Because uh, <laughs> I thought there's no other way I can do this yeah. experiment. Without, uh, she's got a 50-50 chance, and, yeah. I, and I'm defeated. Yeah. The only way I can do this, to be sure, is to make sure they're both tap water. And she was absolutely certain which one was bottled. Or you could repeat the experiment a hundred times. I could, but that I thought I didn't think I'd get her patience for that no. long. And I, I was victorious. Were you? Well, I felt victorious. <laughs> In a that's sense, what counts. you were the ghost that won the prize. Yes, I was. This is a new phrase. He said, I'm the wooner. <laughs> Sorry, I said, the wooner. That's as good as you're going to the get. The wooner. <laughs> let's that's work awesome. this out. Come on, let's think this through. So, ghosts. We've had a week now and we still haven't been able to. spirits. Spirits. That's the spectres. Spectres. Spectre. Spooks. Spook. Spooks. So I think it sounds like spook for a prize. Mm. Um, then they go boo, they wail, they woo, <laughs> yes. they haunt. Is there anything in haunt? haunt. Um, and they aren't real. Ghast. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Geist. <laughs> well, can we do something with it? It's not the winning that matters, it's the... No, there's nothing that sounds like uh, taking part or... It's the... No. I think we should, once again... I know I've talked about this before. Is it, in fact, I remember talking about this Please before. Please email podcast at rumdoings.com if you have a, if you haven't a good end to that joke. I'm going to mention the best ghost you of all time. I think you can probably remember which ghost I'm going to mention. That rum has gone right to my head, by the way. I feel very loose. The Holy, the holy Ghost? <laughs> Not the Holy Ghost, no. Casper the Friendly Ghost? Not, it's better than even the Casper the Friendly Ghost. Ooh. I'm going to find out the correct name for this ghost so I can be abs... because I don't remember it. So I can be absolutely certain. Right. Phil, while I look up the name of a ghost. Anyway, the person I was talking about is called Dr. Robert Lustig. Look him up on YouTube. Watch the full hour. I imagine I'll probably by, link to it. By, yeah, by the end of it, you won't be eating any sugar anymore, which is good. Um, or, more accurately, you'll be having a lot less of it. A lot fewer of it. A lot fewer grains. <laughs> so, explain for me when less seems to be okay when it should be fewer. Sometimes it's okay to say less when it should be fewer. When? Um, one less of those, please. And people don't say one fewer of those. Because 
if it's more than one, it's fewer. That's the easiest way to remember it. It's very complicated. It is, isn't it? If it's more than one, it's fewer. I'm nearly there. This better have a good payoff. Oh, it does. You can trust me. Yes. I can't believe you haven't immediately launched for the correct ghost. The best ghost. I'll give you a clue. It's a TV ghost and it's not Rent-A-Ghost. Oh, so it's not the So Haunt. Yay! It's oh, Yetta Feldman. <laughs> the dewiest of all the ghosts. <laughs> I cannot believe that that programme was commissioned. I want to watch it again. I really, really want to watch it. Oh, she died this year! Yes. I didn't hear about that in the news. You didn't know that she did. You didn't know either. I did. Miriam Carlin, her name was. Yeah, she was was South African originally. Really? Yes, she did. Oh, she died last month. So now she really is a ghost. (laughs) She was in Clockwork Orange. Yes. And Children of Men, gosh. Yetta Feldman. That ghost's been around. (laughs) Oh, I'm really sad I didn't know she died. Why weren't there giant tributes? Why haven't they, they been rerunning So Haunt Me? <laughs> yeah. All 19 episodes of Because it. they have some respect now that she's died. <laughs> so Haunt Me is a British television sitcom. A lot of people won't know this. Who about listening. a family who moves uh, uh, that moves into a home occupied by the ghost of its previous resident. A middle-aged Jewish mother. The show was produced by Cinema Verite for the BBC... And uh, originally aired from 1992 to 1994. I remember, and it was a very very obviously Yorkish family that moved in. Yes. A very non-Jewish, you know, as they could make it. And really, they were very angry about having a Jew in their house, weren't they? Do you remember? Peter Rokeby loses his job as an advertising copywriter and resolves to become a freelance writer. Owing to this change in circumstances, he and his wife Sally uh, move with their children into a more modest home in Meadow Road, Wilsdon. The family soon finds that the ghost of a previous owner, Yetta Feldman... Yetta uh, Feldman. <laughs> Yetta Oive Feldman. I remember the, 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 the little Christly child kept saying, Daddy Oive, where did you learn that from? He wasn't in speak like that. Uh, still in my o- mind, he did. She still occupies the residence and has been scaring occupants away for years. Jewiness. Yeah, this is Wikipedia. Yetta is a stereotypical interfering middle-aged <laughs> Jewish mother. Well, she Very was. Difficult. Um, who died suddenly after choking on a chicken bone. Chicken from her chicken soup, no doubt, after counting all her money. <laughs> While Sally can both see and speak to their ghost, Peter, much to his frustration, initially cannot. I remember that. The family agrees to help Yetta find her grown-up daughter, Carol. Carol with an E, as she calls her. So Haunt Me aired on BBC One as, an, as 18 half-hour episodes in three series and one special. Well, that would be... 19 then. From 1992 to 1994, the show was created by Peter Mendelssohn. The Rokeby children, David and Tammy, were played by Jeremy Green and Laura Howard, credited during the first series as Laura Simmons. Uh, is it available on DVD box set? That's what we want to know. Oh, I don't think it is. Everybody who's listened to this now wants to go and watch So Haunt Me. I hope so, and they should. I'm going to check on play. I mean, the hatred, the, the, the hatred that the father in particular had for Yetta was very interesting. I don't know, he wasn't, he didn't hate her. He, he did. Could, he couldn't see her and he was very frustrated by the fact that he couldn't no, see her. No, he hated her. her and he hated the way that she was corrupting his lovely Christian son. I think you are are playing your own Jewish paranoia back onto the wondrous, <laughs> wondrous. harmonious programme. Only, so only, I, it was it was only bettered by Maureen Lipman's British Telecom advert. <laughs> That's right. What do you think of presum- presumptuous abbreviation? 
You're going to have to fill me in a little bit more. Well, BT decided that they were BT officially. Kentucky Fried mm. Chicken decided that they're KFC. Burger King decided they're BK. Have they? No, yes, they haven't. Burger they King have. is still Burger King. But International House of Pancakes... Have it your way at BK, sorry. International House of Pancakes are now just IHOP. They don't even recognise they're a pancake shop anymore, as far as I can tell. I, I, I'm upset by that. What about you? There is nothing. I'm upset by the fact there is nothing for So Haunt Me on Play.com. No. But carry on. To stop being distracted and tell me what you think of... I want to know what else Pen- Peter Mendelssohn did, as well as So Haunt Me. He works with DreamWorks now. Oh, DreamWorks Animation Fox forthcoming series Neighbours from Hell. Mm. He writes for the BBC Radio 4. Um, Nothing interesting. No. I hope to tell everybody... He survived prostate cancer, though. Well done. No. So you losing it with Martin Clunes. Mm. What do you think of Martin Clunes? You can get the haunt. You can get the Glee cast that recommends that instead. So what do you think me. of Martin Clunes? I he annoys don't me. Don't care either way about Martin. Clunes. You remember Men Behaving Badly? I mean, you're talking about old programs. Do you remember it? Yes, I do. I remember very much enjoying it at the time. Really? Yes. I hated it. I loved I it. Hated I thought it. it was hilarious. There's this kind of pseudo laddishness. It's everything I disapproved of. We talked about this we very just, recently. But it is odd, though, because at that time you were very much going through your, ooh, I hate men and I'm a lady phase. No, no, and I didn't. I, no, it was long before then, surely. Yes, of course it was. Mm. I remember the original series on ITV with Harry Enfield in it, and then it moved to the BBC without him. Mm. Um, I, remember, I remember finding it funny. I was a younger teenager. Mm. No, I hated it very much. Well, you were hated two years old. You were two years old. I hated it. Well, well, if you saw it again, what would you think? I'd probably hate it now, but I like the fact that it was rude and silly and, and so what, whatever. And the ladies were all sensible. No, yes, that's right. The ladies, oh, you men. <laughs> well, that was the beginning of that sort of nonsense. Yeah. Now, now every television advert oh, has yes. that silly man, sensible lady. It's a bit so like, oh, like, have you seen Lead Balloon? No. Jack D again. Very sensible, level-headed wife going, oh. <laughs> While a silly husband does all sorts of chimps. I would like to make raise one point of contention, however. Hmm? Is that not the case of both you and I in our respective relationships? Yes. Yes, I'm just saying. Although, is Laura, sen- <laughs> is Laura sensible? Yes, compared to me. And does she go, oh, you. Oh, John. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She goes, Argh. that's what she does. Really? She gets cross at me for being silly. Of course she does. And how does she deal with it? She spanks me. So you're already in an abusive relationship. That's right. Yes, that's right. Laura is perfectly capable of being silly when necessary. As otherwise, otherwise I'd have no interest. But in lady, ladies have a very but she's distinct mu- silly-ometer. Exactly. She's very much the sensible one in our pairing, and the one who reins me back in again, and so forth. And I think that's very much the case with Victoria and you. Mm. Victoria is a, a high capacity of silliness, but she's certainly in control yes. and in charge. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the case with most ladies. Well, it? I'm just saying that's why you're so criticising of this theme. Well, I guess it's I'm correct. I'm just saying it's correct. <laughs> we learn some, we've learned some important yes, lessons. That's right. All stereotypes are correct. All of them. Is, so Haunt Me and uh, Men Behaving Badly are both essentially documentary series. Yes. They're the soci- sociological documents. If you saw a ghost, unequivocally, undeniably saw I a ghost... you saying, have you seen a ghost? No, no, I'm asking you, would you... If you've seen a ghost, call, call in now. Podcast at rumdoings.com. Would you feel excited and interested, or would you feel slightly more disappointed? Tell me 
tell That's my question. No, That's no, my question. I don't, Would you feel I don't understand the question. That stupid people were right all along and they The meaning exist? of a statement is a methodless verification. How would I verify that it, it was a ghost and I wasn't psychotic? Because or I wasn't being played the fool? <laughs> because it would walk through a wall a couple of times for you, another friend of yours saw it as well, and uh, you researched and found out who the person was and had repeated meetings with this ghost. No. I would think, I, I think, right, I'm psychotic, I'm, I'm in a coma at the moment or something. But your friend verifies it, and I know you can't... Well, you can't. My friend is, is no more there than the ghost is. Sure. So that would be... There is an epistemological problem with your question, John, sorry. The, but we can never break through the epistemology but to you the know, ontology. You're, so your argument is, if anything breaks your current understanding of reality, you're in a coma. No, but is it more likely that I'm seeing a ghost... Yes. Or my very fragile mind is finally coming oh, out. Oh, certainly. That's, mm. Which is something that's more likely. But I'm saying, well, I think I would just be more disappointed. No, if that, I saw a ghost... have been right about If I saw a ghost, and uh, more... No. What you're actually saying is, if you actually believed in the ghost. Okay, here's what, there's something... Let, let's try this again. For some reason, you now believe in the ghost. You sure? So I believe it's a dead person or yes. something who now has some vapid... Mm-hmm. I would be... Extremely excited. I would be very disappointed with you for believing it. <laughs> no, but it's too late. I already believe in it. I know, and I haven't any experience of it. I have a slightly more practical question then. What if it were an alien? Something more that's more plausible. <laughs> what if you saw a UFO and you were convinced? I wouldn't be convinced. I would think that's an aeroplane. I mean, how could what be taken into it? Again, I would think I were having a psychotic experience. I was sat on a... When I had my thunderstorm plane ride a few weeks ago. When we were sat on the... You really over-egged that pudding. Did I? You flew past some thunderheads and there was a bit of <sighs> moderate chop. Oh my God, we nearly died! No, we didn't nearly die, but I thought that I was going to die. That's a very different thing. We, when you plummet for long enough to be able to look around and realise you're not stopping... You didn't plummet for very long. We, we plummeted for long enough to look around and realise we weren't stopping. A good three seconds... Really frightening amount of time. You didn't. We did. I'm telling you, we did a no, really frightening amount of unlikely. time. But it still happened, mm. um, and we did fly through a thundercloud because there was lightning. There we, we went into the pitch black, and there was lightning either side of the plane. So, as much as you want to believe that's the not captain true, captain wouldn't it have flown through a thunderhead. But, it, it, but we did. Right, and so maybe it's your drinks were thrown pack. out of your cup. Were well, they didn't have any drinks at the time. Thinking this had all been if there had been a drink, been. if there were a drink in a cup. Yes. Where would the drink have been when you went through those thunderclouds? It would have spilled everywhere. Onto the ceiling. Not onto the ceiling. Then you didn't... Well, I'm telling you, you what didn't happened. You have extreme turbulence. I'm telling you. Which in the middle of a cumulonimbus would have been. No, it wasn't... It would, I'm telling you that there was... That we went... I saw the cloud in front of us. I saw the plane steer toward it. I saw us go through. It went black either side of the plane. And there was lightning on both sides. So I don't understand how I can more, and what more did the demonstrate. what say to you? Nothing at all. It was just silent the entire what stinking airline was time. This? This was Brussels Airline <laughs> Airways, a special. Uh, and why anybody would fly to Brussels, I don't. Well, know. I didn't. But I was going to Brussels on my way to Norway. Under obviously. two hours to get a train to Brussels, where you don't worry about turbulence. It isn't under two hours to get a train to Brussels. It is actually. It isn't. It is. It flat out isn't. I live in Bath. There is no train from Bath to Brussels. There is. It's two hours from Bath to the train station in London. So it'd be four hours. You still wouldn't fly to Brussels, to Brussels. From, Bar- from, from Bath. Though. But the point was, I was getting a connecting flight to Norway and it's the only route they take. It seems to be a peculiar route. I agree with you. It's you can peculiar. fly directly from London to Norway. But I, I was, again, if I flew from London, I may as well. Or you can get, get a ferry. Yes, yeah, so I could do that overnight, that's true. But since I was just doing a one night trip, I flew from Bristol, which is the airport nearest to me. Which only takes 40 minutes to get to, not two and a half hours. And then over then the, the flight bizarrely went via Brussels. 
for whatever. I didn't book the flight. I didn't choose it. Where? What was this to see? I went out to see the Secret World at Funcom, and it's a very exciting project. Hmm. Why can't they just show it to you in London or Bath? They can, but I wanted to go over to the studio and meet everyone and see it and see it all happening in house. Think of your carbon footprint. I do. I love it. It's huge. Don't you worry about that sort of thing? Mm, no. Why not? Because I'm lazy and don't think about it. Mother Gaia... Uh, I do beg my pardon. Mother Gaia is upset with you about that sort of lackadaisical attitude. So you don't believe in global warming? I don't, didn't say anything of the sort. So why don't I'm you do I'm something about it? I don't then? think about it. Why not? Because, 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 because... If everybody thought like you... Yeah. Then we'd be where we are today. Yes, yeah, true. Hooray, my interview went up onto the site. It worked. Excellent. I don't understand why you don't care. Um, I do. I just don't ever put the two and two together. Well, that's very convenient. Yes, it is, isn't it? Mm. I'm drinking coffee out of a glass. Yes, you are, while I'm using a mug. Mm. It's decaf. Yes, how, how is it approaching your palate? It's okay, it doesn't taste that different from non-decaf. No, it's good, because I've got the fi- I finally found the best coffee. Mm. So there you go. If everyone wants to buy it, you go to Starbucks, and it's their espresso decaf. However, mm-hmm. if you, even if you are lucky enough to find it in those little white bags on the shelves, mm-hmm. um, don't get those, because it's, it's, it's silly. Get the, um, ask to get one of their stock bags. They have the giant grey bags, which are four times... They charge you four times as much. It's not any cheaper to do it this way. But you get one of the giant grey bags of the coffee, and they always have those in stock because it's the coffee they grind. They, when you buy a decaf, it's the coffee they use, mm. and just get them to grind the entire bag at once for you. And if they say, "Oh, we can't sell you those," you go, "Yes, you can. Just charge me four times as much." So you just go to an SB, mm-hmm. uh, and you have it there, but but not a CC. Oh my goodness, Costa's decaf is Costa and uh, Nero seem to be in competition. To see Sorry, the CN, worst decaf. CN. Come on, let's see. <laughs> CN. Yeah. Um, Yes, there seems to be a competition who's got the worst decaf. I don't want to talk about coffee anymore. You love. You used to love coffee. I love coffee very much. When last did you have a real cup? Um, when I was in Norway. Does it still affect you? N- well, it makes me hyper. But it doesn't give you massive headaches? And no, like it was the withdrawal that gave me the headaches, not the coffee itself. Interesting. So, you. But what about when you have other caffeinated products like Coke, like a strong cup of tea? Well, I don't drink tea, and I only very occasionally have Coke, almost never. Um, but no, it, it's the, it was the addiction that was the issue, the dependency rather, that was the issue, not the fact. So I can still have. I still reasonably often now this year. Mm-hmm. I went kind of pretty much cold turkey for about three three or so years, but more recently I just have. Um, if I've got a headache, I have a regular coffee, and it gets rid of it for me. That's odd. Yeah, it works. But then pirates eat them all. Ah! <laughs> oh, it's funny. I don't, I don't... Sorry, I misunderstood. Is it better than the pirates? I did a good joke the other day. Go on. I drew, um... A willy on a bathroom door. <laughs> <laughs> it was brills. Yes. It was a polycystic ovary. I did a poly... as a, a parrot covered in weird bumpy shapes, and it was a polycystic aviary. That was the best joke anyone's ever done. I'm the woon. <laughs> the wooner. Or the womb. <laughs> what? Oh, Where do baby ghosts come from? The womb. Actually, that's quite good. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's oh, baby ghosts. But that's what's happened is, once you've been trying to deal with the wooner, that <laughs> sounds quite good. 
It does. <laughs> All jokes are relative. That's correct. Like like space. Yes. Um, why were you drawing a picture of a of a because of a... I thought of a pun. <laughs> so you, whenever you think of a pun, you have to you have to draw them. Are you disappointed that you won't get to go into space in your lifetime? No. Do you kind of wish you'd been born a hundred years later? No, because I. Well, no, I've I've heard that a hundred years later won't matter. Apparently, that's it. We're never going to space. Why well, do you think I, that? I, no, well, I Virgin read, space ways sort of for occasional. That. No, it's, it was actually it was uh, an editorial in the Economist, and it argued fairly consistently and coherently that this is pretty much it for the space age. It was a little divertissement. Um, and it's even, out of it's out of fashion at the moment. Surely it will come back. Even even for example, Virgin Galactic. Um, mm-hmm. it was, Virgin Spaceways is a much yeah, better name. Is it's just into very low orbit. It's barely exactly, into space absolutely. Anyway. It's barely it's barely getting out the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. So, but you get something like eight minutes of weightlessness or something like that, mm, which would be very exciting. I don't consider that space. Space you need to be able to. But weightlessness. Come on, it's worth two hundred thousand pounds or whatever it costs for a ticket. You can have weightlessness if you go in the vomit comet. Yeah, it's not real, is it? No, it's no, it's identical. No, it is. I guess it's identical to the weightlessness you feel when you're in near Earth orbit, because all you're feeling there is you're constantly falling towards the Earth. Right. So it's the same thing. Hmm. So you're not. It's not quote real unquote no. weightlessness. I mean, did Einstein not prove that they were the same thing anyway? How many? I wonder how many times the vomit comet hasn't worked out. It hasn't managed to pull back up again and smashed into the ground. Never. Surely once. No. It's a ridiculous thing to do. It is, but that's why I think they're probably quite careful to do with high enough altitude uh, and with enough to spare. Would you like to? Would you go on the vomit comet? Oh yeah, definitely. You probably would vomit. So. Exciting. You'd be scared as well. Of course, I'd be terrified. You see, that's the other thing is I I, I enjoy turbulence. I don't. I, I know you don't, but I do. And but I, I don't enjoy it not because I'm scared of turbulence per se. The reason I don't like turbulence, I think, is this turbulence or is it that our rudder is now out of control and is about to snap off? Right. Because of some mecha, some me- mechanic has put the wrong bolt in it. I read a story. Uh, my friend Jack linked a story when I talk, wrote about that on my blog uh, to a pilot who got sucked out of the window. As the plane was flying. Apparently they made a movie about this, or a TV movie. Yeah, 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 you should watch it. It's and the flight attendants had to hold him in yes. by his pants, yes, by his yes. trouser legs. Like, I know, it's flapped extraordinary. He flapped about like a flag in a tsunami. It was unbelievable. You should um, you should watch it. It um, was one of the air accident investigation right, programs. Okay. Yes. And um, you should just... I'm sure you can access it legally somehow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a very... I'll go around to the director's house and borrow it. It's very interesting. Actually, no, I've got a book I can lend you which describes it. I don't really. I've read the thorough description. No, it's a good book. It's a good book which actually outlines a number of um, different near-air accidents that aren't where everybody survives. But they're very interesting. How they managed to survive right. and how they pulled out of disasters. It also discusses the um, 747, the British Airways 747, that flew through volcanic ash mm-hmm. and all four engines cut out. Oh, and the only reason they came back on for their crash was because they went out of the volcanic, the volcanic ash cloud, which is of course why we don't fly through through volcanic ash clouds mm-hmm. any longer. Except of course if you're Michael O'Leary and run Ryanair, in which case you decide that you <laughs> want to take a chance because it's cheaper. It's, it's cheaper. And he, he did it. He, did, he said, "I'm taking off and I'm flying toward toward the clouds now." And he did it as a test flight. He said, "Look, it's no problem. We've come back and landed." He said. Yes, you circumvented the cloud by 200 miles. <laughs> oh, don't talk nonsense. Let us, let us go fly. 
that's an amazing impression. Would you, would you fly Ryanair? I have flown Ryanair. Would you? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I would, I would pay double the price not to fly it. Double, I tell you. Double, you tell me. Well, like you always say, these cheap-cost airlines can only keep going so long as they don't have the accident that will inevitably happen because they don't do proper safety checks and so forth. I think so much that they don't do the safety checks, but everything is so... Their, their turnover is everything. Exactly, yeah. They have to get quick turnaround, quick mm-hmm. turnaround, quick turnaround. So you can't be doing the safety checks between flights that you would normally do, can you? Or, You're doing or, a 20 or pilot, I would worry pilots would actually have to take chances as well. They say... We've got to land now. We can't do a go round. We can't take right. to, We can't go to our alternative because that's going to put the whole schedule out of whack. Mm-hmm. We need to land. Oh, so there's a there's a little bit of a uh, there's a bit of wind shear. Never mind. Come on, let's try. Do a sideways landing. Mm. No, I didn't say didn't say sideways. I said wind shear. What does that mean? It's where the wind slams you into the runway. That's fun. It's mm. good. They have things that detect that now. After a lot of people die from that, they. Now, I've got wind shear detectors at airports, and they won't allow you to land anymore if there's a sudden down gust like that. So, you'll be happy to know. Every time you land, do you, does your brain fantasise all the ways it can go wrong? I don't think it's that specific. I'm surprised to learn how many people die every time a plane overshoots a runway on landing. It's not that many. It's, but it's, people die every time. It's just ridiculous. Not every time. A lot of the time. Like when that um, a that Air France A three forty went right over the end of a runway onto a cliff, fell down, broke into lots of pieces, and everybody survived. Really? Mm. Wow. No, I mean, it, shouldn't it, they just make the runways a bit longer? <laughs> Isn't yeah. that the solution? Well, the runways are long enough, but it's usually usually the pilots done something stupid or the planes malfunctioned. But mm-hmm. basically, when an airline when an aircraft is certified, it has to be able to come to a complete stop yep. after landing, not right at the start of the runway, but at least I think a third down the runway, when it's wet, without using reverse thrust, just its brakes. Oh, okay. And it has to be able to come to a complete stop before the right. end of the runway. Otherwise, it won't be certified and certainly won't be allowed to go to that airport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they do take worst-case scenarios into account. Um, and, of course, when you're taking off, your pilot will have two speeds. He'll have V1 and V2. Do you know, do you know what the difference is? You're very quiet, Nick. Do you know what the difference is? No, I don't. So a pilot, if you ever watch a pilot, they'll say V1, and then they'll say rotate V2. What, what, what V1 is, at that point, um, you, you're still in a case where you can, if you need to, you can stop Okay. You can stop the plane on the ground. Right. Once you get to V2, then... You're screwed. No, you have to take it, take the problem into the air because you don't have enough runway to stop. On okay, it, and then turn around. Mm-hmm. So if you if you watch them, you should. I bet you know what all the different announcements are. Like, what does um, cabin doors to cross check? Cabin doors and manual, manual and cross. Cabin doors to manual and cross check. What does that mean? It's quite. A, it's quite. I know what they're actually doing is charging a bomb at that point, which no, is quite exciting. It, but. It, it's quite boring, actually. Yes. Um, when they say you should say cabin doors to automatic, mm-hmm. and they say cabin doors to manual, cabin doors to automatic. And cross-check means put put the switch the cabin door so that if somebody opens the cabin door, mm-hmm. the um, emergency um, slide can slide will right. automatically come. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now cross-check means um, get your colleague to check that you've done it, and you check that your colleague's done oh, it. Oh, I see. Peer peer review, in other words. Mm-hmm. And cabin doors to manual means switch that off so that if you want. The slide to come, you'd have to press the button. Oh, okay. So that when you open the door, 
Yep. When the nice man's come to touch your air bridge or your stairs, he doesn't have this explosive, <laughs> <laughs> this explosive ram smashing into his face and knocking him to the ground as it inflates very quickly. What? Now you understand. What is the bit about where? Because there's a little, so there's a small charge on the doors, isn't there? So the door will blow out if you open it uh, no. in, in flight. I'm sure no. there is. No, there isn't. There is a uh, there is a thing which will a charge which which creates a lot of air very quickly to inflate the rock. Oh, okay. Um, there are no the, the the door itself is a plug, so you can't open it in flight. Right. So when these people say, "Oh, in that case, I worry about it." Have you ever worried about that then, or even? Do you, I- remember, you remember when I wrote the the blog post about when I just had this the fantasy in my head and I couldn't mm. let go of the idea of just pulling the big red lever that was right in front of me. There are several tons of pressure right. per foot, mm-hmm. and if you look at the door, it's actually like a bath plug. Right. It's a plug, and the pressure inside the aircraft mm-hmm. is pushing the plug against the wall of the aircraft. So no matter how hard you pull, because you have to kind of pull, mm-hmm. and then you twist it round through, right, yeah. you won't be able to open okay. it. So what does you the... cannot open it there? It's unless your body. I don't know. Can you overcome over a ton of pressure on a foot per foot? I can, but yeah. most people can't. Yeah. What about what is the sound? What are the beeps that were just before when you're when you're taking off something that goes goes beep boop beep boop? There's just three of them. What does that mean? Um, usually, at me, there are, there are different bongs, depends on the airline. But mm-hmm. usually, usually, what it means is that they are in, they've had, they're in positive ascent. And what it also means, often they, when when they reach ten thousand feet, um, they'll often go bong, in order that they can tell the cabin crew that they can usually begin their work, and also that okay. people can start using electronics. But also, when you're landing, you more hear yeah, the you have it going bong and that usually means that you're in um, final approach okay. which means that basically we, we've, we've made all our adjustments and now we're on the glide slope and we're going to land so and frankly the cabin crew can go and sit down now mm-hmm. that's what you that usually means well, there's no real need to sit down no well we were once on a flight where there, this it was in on JetBlue in America and it was near Christmas I'm sure one of the one of the aerostesses was slightly drunk mm-hmm. and she was yabbering the whole time to one of her other friends who was dead-legging it and she was talking and talking and talking and working up and down and literally it was the moment before we landed literally two seconds yeah and then she suddenly she just flopped herself down <laughs> and then got back up again <laughs> we felt that was unprofessional how dare you mm. any more aviation questions you like to ask? yes what why is... does my airplane there's sometimes sometimes people ask this mm-hmm. If you've ever been on a, an Airbus A321 or sometimes an A320 and you're taxiing, sometimes it sounds like a mad barking dog. Oh, yeah. And it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, really? Whoa. And it's like, somebody said, why is it doing yeah. this? It sounds scary. The reason it does that is if they're only taxiing on one engine, usually the engines both power the hydraulics, mm-hmm. but to save fuel, they sometimes will only taxi on one engine which means that they don't have the other engine running the other side of the hydraulic system, so it's a backup hydraulic pump. That, that sounds like a barking dog. Ah. There you are. So if you're ever in an aeroplane that does that, that's why. And also, why do some Airbuses these days sound almost like a propeller plane when they're taking off? You know, in the old days, a jet would sort of go, shh, would have that high-pitched mm-hmm. sound. But now, if you listen when you take off, sometimes it's almost this much more of like a, almost like a grind saw. Because... Okay. <laughs> You know, that sort of much more grindy sound. It's the reason that the tip of the blades inside your jet are breaking the speed of sound. Oh, right. And they spin, and that's the sound of the, each one's having a tiny little sonic boom. Aww. There you go. 
all these, all these interesting facts that you're you, you're being delivered today. Yes, I am. Now you, people. I think people will be very happy. They'd no longer have to be scared of the madman opening yes, op- opening the door. Also, I am quite distracted by Dexter cutely washing his face, though. Dexter's cutely. It's the cutely washing his face of Dexter. That's a fact. So therefore, it's the Gerald. Now he's cutely biting his leg. Does he ever clean his bits? Yeah, he was doing that earlier. Lay, lady cats do that. I don't know gentlemen cats. Oh, no, he's looking his arsehole earlier. <laughs> Why? Is that really necessary? Because it's full of delicious treats. And then he licks your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's why I like kissing him on the lips. He does actually kiss you on the lips. He does kiss me on the lips. It's that bottomy treat. So you'll be having him in the marital home? Yes. And you said originally Laura disapproved. No, she never disapproved. Oh, sorry, you're boring me. She never disapproved. Um, no, originally she didn't. She hated him very much and wanted him no, killed. That's not true. In the early days, she did want him but killed. But she, was she wasn't fond of him. And she wasn't a cat person. Well, he's not, a, lo- he's not, he's, he's not a very lovable cat. But she's, dude, he's a very lovable cat. Look how lovable that is. Mm. She's been totally won over by him now because he's so lovable. He's, so he's coming to move see, into there your, you go. He's coming to move into your marriage. Getting my home. finger clean now. It's clean now. He's just licked his bits. See how clean it is now. Don't touch me with that. <laughs> We should stop. It's been 45 minutes. What a stupid episode this was. It's better than the last one. Don't bother listening. Yeah. I'll tell them now. At Rum Doings. Bye-bye. Podcast at rumdoings.com. Um, just something... Oh, if you can give us a better end to that joke, we would, we would appreciate it. Oh, yes, it. that's true. Let's remind them what it is again. The, what does a ghost say when it wins the prize? At the moment, the best we've got is... <laughs> I'm the... <laughs> no. I would also argue that's the worst we've got. Or as I would say, the worst. I'm so disappointed in you. I am too. Bye-bye. Boo!